For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about Monte Carlo, the Rolex Monte Carlo Masters that happened over the weekend, or the week, I should say, in Monte Carlo, Monaco. Uh, This is always a popular tournament. There's always a good crowd at this tournament. There's always a good showing of players at this tournament. Let me tell you, the last week and some change did not disappoint when it comes to this clay court tournament. It kind of is one of those tournaments at the beginning of the clay court swing. It's the first Masters 1000s tournament after the Sunshine Swing in America that is on clay. So it is kind of just a a big introduction to clay for a lot of players. I know that they play clay leading up to it, but when you get to this Monte Carlo tournament, it's go time, right? These are big tournaments with bigger money on the line and definitely a bigger title on the line. Let's get right into it. Uh, there was a fair share amount of upsets in this tournament. There's a fair share amount of drama in this tournament, I should say, and we're going to get right into it right now. And some, and some good players making a deep run, which was fun to see. We're going to go right to Lorenzo Musetti, the Italian ranked uh, number 16 at this tournament makes a run and makes an incredible run. He beats Novak Djokovic in the round of 16. This was a huge win for Lorenzo Musetti. When he won this match, he had to break he broke Novak Djokovic 8 times and gets the biggest win of his life over the number 1 player in the world to reach the quarterfinals in Monte Carlo. This is 6-4 Djokovic, or I should say 4-6 in the first set. Uh Djokovic won the first set and Musetti wins 7-5 in the second and 6-4 in the third. Why is this so impressive? One, because Novak Djokovic is the number one player in the world at the moment as it stands. But two, to go three hours on clay in a heavyweight bout against Novak Djokovic as not one of the top players in the world is hard to do. And what Lorenzo Musetti did on this day was incredible. A massive win for Musetti, especially moving forward on clay. But just in general, when you look at his career... This win is enormous. I mean, there's no other way to put it. To beat Novak Djokovic on clay, Novak Djokovic has played really well on clay, especially in the last few years. And Djokovic is well-rested. He wasn't be able to play in America in March. Uh, he's coming off a win in Melbourne at the Australian Open earlier this year. So there's no lack of confidence for Novak Djokovic coming into Monte Carlo. And for Musetti to win this match is huge for him. Now, Djokovic in the post-match press conference, obviously upset, like really, really upset. Uh, Not his best day, as he said. 
he just didn't play well. He was frustrated with how he played, but he gave a lot of credit to Musetti. He played well, but there's no doubt if Novak Djokovic at this stage in his career is going to lose a match, there has to be something wrong, I believe, that he does. There's only like a player or two, I think, that can beat Novak Djokovic when Novak Djokovic is playing you know, really, really good. So there's no doubt Musetti had to play fantastic, but there's also no doubt that something had to go minorly wrong for Djokovic in order to lose a match like this. But Lorenzo Musetti makes it to the quarterfinals, goes on to play Yannick Sinner. Another big match, a big drama match, is Daniil Medvedev playing Alexander Sverev. Now, Medvedev, not necessarily a clay court guy, right? We've talked about this before on this podcast. He doesn't like clay court, and he's very open about it. Uh, Alexander Sverev, good year last year on clay, rolled his ankle on clay last year, had to have surgery on it. I don't know exactly what happened to his ankle, but he had to have surgery on it. And he, you'd expect him to play well on clay, and he did up to the third round. He beat Bublik, he beat Roberto Batista Agut, RBA, and then he loses to Daniil Medvedev in a tiebreaker in the third set. A huge win for Daniil Medvedev, but of course, of course, this match does not come without some drama, right? These two get along, I thought, okay, but there's definitely some salt there, right? In in the post-match press conference, uh, Sverev, this is what he thinks of his rivalry with Medvedev um, and why he thinks it might not live up to what's going on uh, with the rivalry of like Federer and Nadal. He said something like uh, he tries to do everything uh, when he's behind. He he did it at Indian Wells. He did it here. I'm just extremely disappointed about that as an athlete because I take fairness and sportsmanship very, very seriously. And unfortunately, he has none of that. The rivalry we have is incredible. We've played each other so many times. But one of the reasons why Roger and Rafa were so popular in the rivalry was appreciated all over the world was because they're we're always fair to each other. And unfortunately, you can't, can't say that about him. And that's just a real shame for me as an athlete. That's what Alexander Sverev said. Uh, after the match, Daniil Medvedev also had words, I guess, for Sverev. He said, uh, Sverev criticized Medvedev on the lack of fair play. Medvedev said to Sverev, look in the mirror. Wow. I mean, how about those words from Daniil Medvedev? There appears to possibly be more history and drama between these two if you get down the Twitter files a little bit and quotes and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know if it's worth it at this time because I really, really want to just celebrate this tournament. And I think I've said enough about this. And long story short, they don't necessarily like each other. So let's move on. Let's go straight to the the semifinals. Semifinals were stacked in this one, and I haven't even talked about the winner of this tournament yet because I'm going to get to him in a second and how massive this win was for him. Yannick Sinner played Holger Rune in the semis. I really thought Yannick Sinner was going to move here, but Holger Rune, an incredible tournament here on clay. He wins in three sets, makes it to the final. Andre Rublev plays lights out this tournament. Andre Rublev, he has to beat Hachinov. He has to go on and beat Struff, and then he beats Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz, a fantastic tournament he plays here. Fritz, really, really good to see. He's He seems like a fast court guy. Really good to see him play on slow court here in clay court season to play really, really well, and that's exactly what he did right here. He beats Stefano Tsitsipas, who plays well on clay court. He beats him in straight sets to play Andre Rublev. But let me tell you the story of this tournament, and it is all Andre Rublev. What Rublev has done at this tournament, he wins, he beats Rune in the final, but what an incredible week for Andre Rublev. He wins his first Masters 1000 title. Uh, he wins his first title in 2023, and he's really only won 
four titles total on Clay, but this is by far his biggest title for sure. You could tell how much this tournament and this win meant to Andre Rublev after he won it. He had tears in his eyes. He was celebrating a lot. And you might wonder why this tournament means so much to him. In 2021, he made the final here at Monte Carlo, and he lost that. He also lost in Cincinnati at the final and in Halle at the final. So, like, in 2021, he was so close to winning a Masters 1000 tournament, and he just couldn't get it over the hump. And at his stage in his career... Uh, he's very well respected in the sport. He's a very good player in the sport. And I think everyone's just kind of been waiting for him to get a big win like this. And it finally came here at Monte Carlo. I'm happy for him. I love watching Rublev play. He murders the ball. Like, he has no regard for the ball's feelings at all. Like, he hits it so hard. And it's so entertaining to watch. And it's fu it's fun to watch, really. It keeps tennis fun how he plays. He's so skilled. And you might think, how is he hitting the ball so hard? He's so small. I don't know how he does it either, but he's so powerful at his size, especially. Uh, so fun to watch, and to see him have success on clay is awesome to see. That is his 13th career title that he has on the ATP Tour. Fun to see, fun to watch. Andre Rublev, your champion in Monte Carlo. So reasons I'm excited about clay court season moving on from Monte Carlo and as we move forward into the rest of clay court season before Roland Garros, which is at the end of May, Reasons I'm excited. I'm excited because Stefano Tsitsipas seemed to be comfortable again on clay. He makes a run here, loses to Taylor Fritz in the quarterfinals, but nevertheless plays really well. I'm excited because Taylor Fritz, an American, is finally playing really good on clay. I know that Francis Tiafo had a great outing in, in Houston and all that, but like I'm excited to see an American make threats on clay for sure. That's good to see moving forward. I'm excited because Daniil Medvedev is playing great on clay, and he is a great tennis player, but you don't necessarily expect that from him because he doesn't like clay that much. What else am I excited for? Andrei Rublev finally, you know, cracking the code of getting a Masters 1000, and as we move forward into the clay court season even longer, I think he's only going to get better. What else am I excited for? I'm excited to see that Novak Djokovic is human, but I think this just upsets him even more that he lost this match. It's good to see a little bit of parity in the sport of tennis. That's what we're going to see more and more as Federer gets out of the game and Rafa doesn't play as many tournaments and Djokovic is unvaccinated, so he doesn't play as many tournaments. But I'm really, really looking forward to seeing uh, more players get more opportunity in the sport of tennis. And I think this tournament really showed us that in the sport of tennis. Now, what's next? Another fantastic tournament. They go to Barcelona. It's an ATP 500. It's one that a lot of players want to play, and it's over the next week or so in Spain. Now, Rafa will not be playing in this tournament. I know he likes this tournament. He tweeted he likes this tournament, but he will not be here. The top seed here is Carlos Alcaraz. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does here. Ben Shelton is here. Casper Ruud is here. Daniel Evans is here. Cam Norrie is here. Lorenzo Musetti hopefully has another good run here. Alex De Manure, Yannick Sinner, Grigor Dimitrov, Shapo, Sitsipas. So, like, there are people at this tournament. Barcelona is always, always, always fun to watch, and it is kicking off on this Monday. That is the 17th of April. We will follow that as it moves forward and in the next week, but there could be some really good matches here, I believe, as everybody really gears up for the French Open. Looking forward at what is next here in the clay court swing before we get to the French. At the end of April is the Madrid Open. That is always a good one because that's another Masters 1000. And then they go to Rome 
right after that tournament for another Masters 1000, and then it's a couple 250, boom, Roland Garros. So there's a, a few good tournaments here at the end of April, the beginning of May, to get to Roland Garros. That's at the end of May. But there's a lot, a lot, a lot of good tennis moving forward, and I can't wait to watch the rest of it. We're keeping today fairly short. We're just going to talk about Monte Carlo. I touched about what's going to be happening in Barcelona, but we got some really, really good tennis moving forward here in the sport of, in the sport of tennis, really, as some of these names that aren't at the top of your clay court list are starting to play well. I look for, you know, Casper Ruud to get a clay court win under his belt when it comes to winning a tournament over the next month and some change, I would guess, because of how well he does play on clay. Him and Sitsipas, I feel like one of those have to win a clay court tournament as we move forward to the French Open. But always good to see some parody in the sport. A little shorter of a podcast today. I do apologize, but I just really wanted to get to Monte Carlo and talk about that tournament right now. We will catch more on this podcast next week when it comes to Barcelona and what is next for a lot of these players as they move forward in the clay court season. I appreciate you for listening. Andre Rublev, have yourself a week. Celebrate this win. It is awesome to see him get a victory. We'll talk to you next week about Barcelona and much more, of course. Adios. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.